I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Treehouse, episode 31, Pep's Adventures Underground, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Well, you know, on the wing and the prayer, here we are again, and this is how it's going to be from now on. So uh, we don't want any belly aching. Very good morning to everybody. Here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint uh, of vulgarity. And uh, I'm not even going to refer to the current situation. Let scholars in the future, perhaps, let scholars in the future mm. marvel at it, like the Rongo Rongo uh, language we discussed the other week. <laughs> And, and and then they they can say, well, I wonder what what the references were about because we know where we are and this is how it's going to be. So a very good morning, here, Peps, over there in your house. Uh, I'm in, in my cupboard. You're in a cupboard. Yes, you are. Which is why we call it Peps Adventures Underground because when we, <laughs> when we did this last week and it was a fiasco. Then the word fiasco has now got our registered trademark next to it. Uh, it, we, we, it was the anniversary of the uh, uh, original Alice in Wonderland, which was called Alice's Adventures Underground. Uh, but beyond that, and I don't see why we should throw this stuff away, perhaps, it was the, uh, uh, mm. the it was the day that the corkscrew was invented in 1860 oh. by M.L. Byrne, right? Now, stay with this. If you've never heard us before. What were they doing they... before that? Well, I, I, I don't know. My dad used to... The only time we ever had wine in our house, we never had wine in our house, and we, we recreated this in Credit Agrove. Uh, my mum said, we should drink wine, Fred. That's what people do. You know, <laughs> wine in. I, did, I didn't drink wine until I was 32. I've made up for it since then, but I didn't drink it until I was 32. <laughs> uh, I went out with Oz Clark uh, for a television show uh, on the Beaujolais race. You know that, Pebs? The, they bring the, uh, the I heard Beaujolais of it. I don't they, about it. They bring the Beaujolais Nouveau. He said, race. And uh, he got me absolutely uh, pie-eyed on the stuff. And I thought, I've wasted my life. Anyway, uh, but my old man used to... The only... The only um, <laughs> The only uh, wine bottle that ever entered our house. Uh, Where'd you open it then? <laughs> he literally said that. Where'd you open it? And so you got a cold screw, Fred. We've got a cold screw. I've got one I do the potatoes with. It's on the same thing. <laughs> and <laughs> she tried that. And and that didn't work. And, and so he got a screwdriver and, and then hammered it in. Hammered the cold ah. We got Peter Kate to do Many it. Many a student has tried that one. Yeah, well, yeah, I would like to say, you know, I'm to. Uh, uh, let me ask you this before we go any further, because I've got. I immediately went on Amazon to see their reviews of corkscrews. Uh, scholars, <laughs> scholars of the show will know uh, every now and then, like anvils. Uh, what was the other one we did? Uh, we, we, um, sometimes on. You, uh, you did uh, anvils. 
Gavels. Uh, gavels, that's it. Every time I think, do, do Amazon sell everything? And they sell hundreds of gavels. They sell hundreds of anvils. And I like looking at the reviews. So I went on to have a look at the reviews of the thousands of corkscrews you can get from Amazon. Could make himself a bit of room just by cutting the corkscrew, you know, itinerary <laughs> in half. Uh, but uh, it would, in your home, what do you have, Peps? What is your favourite? What is the type? Um, the favourite one is one that... Um, Excuse me. We went and stayed at a friend's place in New York, if you please, mm-hmm. and they had a really clever one. So I bought one to match it, except I can't remember how to use it until I've been fiddling with it for about <laughs> 10 minutes in front of our guests. <laughs> then when it works, it's tremendous and it works would you beautifully. Do but I always get it out and go, oh, I've got this in New York. It's amazing. Oh, hang on. No, that bit flips. Oh, oh, hang on. Um, uh, let me fiddle this for a moment. We've got about, um, we've got about seven. Uh, 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 mm. uh, of course, always in constant use. And uh, but the, we've got a complicated one, uh, usually the most expensive. But why would you do that? It's a very simple thing. It's like inventing a new fly swat. You know, a, a, a square <laughs> on the top of a stick is a pretty good fly swat. Don't start, you know, making them electric. But you can. I, I think all civilised people agree the, uh, uh, the uh, corkscrew to have is what they call the angel corkscrew. It's got various names. It's sometimes called... Is that the one with the arms? With the arms. The butterfly corkscrew, Mm. the owl corkscrew, the angel corkscrew is is the name. The winged corkscrew, if you go on. You can tell I've been researching this on Amazon. Uh, uh, And it has a spindle worm, uh, uh, and that's the term, and you you lift it out. And all people agree on that. But then there's one like the pen knife, which really does your fingers in when you're trying to pull it out. And between your knees, you've got it. Between oh, well, you have knees. to sort of anchor it against the side. That's that, 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 that's the cheap yeah. Anyway, because we're going to start the show any second. This is not the show. If anyone's ever <laughs> listening, I know, never mind stockpiling hand wash and toilet paper. People are stockpiling podcasts like, you know, and we were the first, second, we were the second ever podcast. We've been going now. We'll be the second ever. That's all you need to know. Uh, so I'll give you some reviews of, um, see, there's. Oh, okay. You can buy electric ones. Does anyone need an electric corkscrew? Uh, I guess some couples have just looked. A friend it. of mine, a friend of mine was going on about the one she'd got that was amazing and wonderful. And a, it was two hundred pounds. Mm. And b, it what was it was welded to her kitchen wall like she owned a bar. <laughs> it was extraordinary, Chris, like a big Evans, handle. Chris Evans bought me one of those ones <laughs> that had to be affixed like in a massive piece of machinery. <laughs> it was like a bit of plant on the street. Uh, whereas, <laughs> as we know, the angel corkscrew uh, does it anyway. Uh, these are various. Um, uh, these are not the angel corkscrew. They're various actual reviews from actual Amazon. Everyone, before we start the show. Uh, if you want to go on there, there's others. Uh, these are the low reviews why people didn't like certain corkscrews. Uh, the rabbit corkscrew, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, somebody says, rubbish. Screw goes right through the cork, leaving bits in the wine. Mm. And there's another review of it. Crap, I used it three times. And then had a stiff cork and the mechanism did not have enough oomph to extract it. And then oh, I no! Yeah, <laughs> all of these angry people about corkscrews on Amazon. Uh, here's another one. It just winds down into it. It doesn't pull the cork out. I've recharged this one, but it's no good. There's your electric one. Uh, he says here, uh, this was terrible. I had to rewind the electric out by hand, and once the screw is out of kilter and not in the middle of the receptacle, it never works again. I've got one for my mother-in-law, but she hadn't used it, so I said, give it to me, and I sent both back. <laughs> 
actual corkscrew reviews on Amazon. It's the one with a pen knife corkscrew. If there's a to using this bloody item, I can't find it. <laughs> next review. That sounds like that was written by my dad. There's <laughs> next review. This is just not up to the job. It keeps slipping off the bottle. It just chews up corks. <laughs> Come on, people. The last one. This just pushes the cork into the bottle. I've put mine in the bin. Now, if, if you want to enjoy others, there are others there. Oh, one more. I bought two of these, but they didn't survive the first 10 bottles. One just came apart. The other one bent in the middle, and it wouldn't go into the cork anymore. Rubbish. Now, uh, uh, it, it, in these long days ahead, you may want to go and, in, and inspect more of the corkscrew uh, reviews on Amazon. But anyway, the peps, what are we doing today? Uh, Number one, the first words you ever said to your partner or they to you. Mm -hmm. Number two, other uses for clothes. Number three, what have pets found? And number four, reasons you didn't buy a house. Then we also have some bonus subjects. Why was a pop star in your front room? And were you ever given lines at school? If so, what? I was trying to think about pop stars in my front room. You'd have thought there'd have been pop stars in my front room. Oh, uh, you have, the, surely. The enemy and all that. Oh, I have, yes, of course, but it was the old time. The entire uh, public image band have been in my front room. <laughs> yes, there have been one or two. Uh, uh, Did your front it, room survive all of public image Oh, absolutely. The gentleman, uh, Wobble, spent the night, as, as I remember. Uh, and uh, Tim Hauser of the Manhattan Transfer has been in my front room, etc. Et oh, but, uh, now you're talking. All of our subjects remain open. If you go to, um, we haven't got it actually, a web page, but uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you can see all the subjects that have been open now for 30 odd weeks. Uh, 30 odd weeks, one way and the other. If I could just, uh, we promise we're going to start the show any second now. In fact, we can chop this one up into 10 shows and pepper them out. <laughs> uh, uh, it's still Rolls Royce, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Henry Royce was uh, is your man. Henry Royce. Uh, he come from very humble backgrounds. Only at secondary school a year. I was reading this the other day, and uh, uh, then he went. He left school because his father died, and he had to support the family as best he could. So he sold newspapers and delivered telegrams. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, then took an engineering course, became Henry Royce. So Brer Rolls, I think his name's Charles or William Charles Rolls, I think his name is. What about his anglers? He just had a showroom. Oh, it was in the he West just End. the money? Yeah. Yeah, but Henry Royce delivers telegrams, sells newspapers, works his way up, designs the engine, and in comes the fellow with the showroom and a few quid. Says, "Yeah, I think we'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have my name on that as well." And, and his name goes first. And his, Rolls Royce, indeed. He didn't even get. He didn't even get the billing. He had my agent. Uh, but uh, so I was just looking at that the other day, and before these things pass, and we've got lots of long, long mornings ahead of us. Perhaps uh, give us the first thing you've got over there. This is Mark in North Shields. This is getting trapped in things. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife and her friend decided to visit an owl sanctuary on Christmas Eve. Oh, what? The owners have said sanctuary. An, an owl, owl sanctuary. sanctuary. Oh, bravo. That's mm. lovely. The owners of said sanctuary thought quite reasonably that surely no one would be visiting the owls, even with their best intentions on Christmas Eve, and locked up early. (laughs) I'm taking from this that they were already in. Realising there were no owl keepers about and lights on in the hut had been extinguished and the large gates topped with barbed wire were now closed, brackets, owls have an impressive street value, (laughs) the wife and friend considered their options. One was to call out, but what if this disturbed the owls? Plumping for a second option, my former love's friend gave her a leg up and they scaled the fence of the closed sanctuary. Suddenly there was a flashlight and a voice. Can I help you? 
Fortunately for them, a custodian of the owls had returned as after-hours hooting had caught his attention. He unlocked the gate and let them free. They were then given a small brandy and a free owl print. My mother now owns the owl print as booty from our divorce settlement. Well, that's that's an extraordinary story in in lots of ways. And the idea that on Christmas Eve you would look at each other and say, what should we do to pass the time till it's night time? Because that's what most people do on Christmas Eve. Mm. I know. Owl sanctuary. sanctuary is the place i would suggest even before this unholy curfew we're all under uh there weren't very many people in the owl sanctuary anyway let alone on christmas eve and you know you're not going to catch anything if you got an owl sanctuary on christmas eve uh and how beautiful they, they, they were given a gift do you know anyone who owns an owl i know two people who own owls but then again I what go, yeah I do, I do. and they're very soothing an owl is very soothing uh because they do that thing with their head that goes round and around. Oh, there was the video doing the rounds of a chap holding an owl, Mm -hmm. with the owl holding its head still and the man moving the owl's body while the head just stays. It's amazing. Now, see, if we had video in this... At the moment, because I want to launch this um, uh, golden shot thing, I should have said this right at Mm. the top, Uh, although they're begging me not to do it because they get swamped with people who want to play it. I'm recording this in my LP room. Look, I'll run a pen along... I'm surrounded by 12,000 albums and 5,000 singles. I really am. Uh, And I just thought that would be a game. We get somebody to ring in, Mm. and I'll point at the shelves, and they can't see, of course, and they say up, down, left, right, you know, and they can go as long as they like within 30 seconds. And then they say fire, and suppose is it now? And I'll go, right, okay, the LP that you have selected is, uh, for here it's Millie Jackson, still caught up, one of the great soul albums ever made. Uh, you did it the other day, didn't you? Yes. You got And Phil... I got uh, a f- an early Phil Collins band. Uh, uh, yeah, but his first band, which is uh, what they call Tuppy anyway, but it's worth about 500 quid that. So Thank I said, you. we'll do that. I'm sorry we're belly aching on the air instead of getting around to your emails. Uh, and they said, well, we don't know how to take calls at the moment. I said, hey, I mean, I love that this company who makes this hats off to them, something else, bloodsuckers, keeping us working. Uh, but uh, hats off to them. And, and, and to be fair, uh, I said, I, uh, I will sign up for you if you bring down five lives. And they set <laughs> the virus out there to cancel all sports. So they kept their part of the bargain there. That's fine. But come on, get the phone calls in. Otherwise, the Golden Shot LP game will wither on the vine. Uh, I'll give you an email I've been sent here if I can find my notes. Here we go. Is it from Lee? Uh, ah, this is, um, I'm not sure what this is. You see, I set all these subjects and then people just write in and say, here's something, yeah. but this is worth it. Lee, when I was a kid, my auntie Madeleine told me she had a giraffe in her house, a real one. It lived in the sitting room. Its neck was inside the chimney. If I rushed outside, I would see its head sticking out the top. I used to rush outside, but I always just missed it. <laughs> Obviously, it could never be seen, she said, because it was shy. <laughs> oh! That, my friends. Oh, everyone should world, do that. In this wicked world, uh, that's, that's, um, and tricks, trick, uh, write this down, perhaps we'll do this in a, other yep. tricks you can play upon children. Other tricks mm-hmm. you play, I mean, mainly making out your magic is the best thing. Uh, I'm of an age when uh, before remote controls were normal for televisions. And having young nephews in the early days of remote controls was, that's it. 
They just thought, well, you're, you're both Merlin and Houdini in one. So telling them, of course, that uh, yeah, there's a giraffe with his neck up the chimney. Quick, go outside now. I can't see anything. Oh, he must have just gone in. He's shy. Oh, he's shy. He says I was 32 at the time, but thank you anyway, Lee. Uh, something else from over there, Peps. <laughs> this is from William. He says, this is more of a physical and literal take on the big head theme, because we asked about <laughs> biggest big heads the other biggest week. Biggest big heads, yeah. <laughs> Rather than the other angle. I've spent my entire life with people passing comment on the size of my dome piece, including once being told one summer when suffering from terrible sunburn that if I smiled, I looked like a no entry sign. <laughs> <laughs> Despite never finding a hat that fits and stretching the arms of sunglasses, I always refused to take these claims seriously and vehemently denied them all. This is until it was confirmed beyond all doubt by a supposedly well-meaning stranger. My brother and I were on our annual boozy European trip. Oh, I remember those days. Vienna was our destination of choice this particular year, and we found ourselves on day two in a fantastic little sports bar that served the usual sports bar food. The only quirk was the food was ordered in a system whereby you ticked the dish on a checklist, pizza, for example, along with the ingredients or toppings that you wanted, wrote your name on the list and handed it to the bar staff. I filled out the form and asked my brother to hand mine in while I went to the facilities. This system must have been developed around the same time as the electric corkscrew, by the way. But uh, (laughs) what I hadn't realised is I had forgotten to fill out my name. Back at the table, 15 minutes later, the waitress came over with two plates and instead of asking whose was whose, simply put them down in front of the correct recipient and said, nachos for Sam, pizza for the fathead. (laughs) (laughs) It hit home, denial was no longer an option. See, when I said the biggest big head, obviously I I meant in a boastful way, but I I wouldn't have presumed Mm. anyone would have come forward and said, well, uh, I have got a very large head. My brother-in-law, Rod, I've got a pretty big Swede. I've got a pretty big Swede. Oh, I've got a massive head. Have you you really? Yes! Have I told you before who's got the biggest head I've ever seen on a person in in terms of uh, head-to-body ratio? Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger used to come into the really? record shop. Mick Jagger, it's like, you know, those, um, well, they don't do them anymore, but years ago, you used to have these um, dolls in the back of cars. You put them on the back mm. shelf of a car with these bobbling heads, these nodding heads like Mardi Gras heads. Mick Jagger, the model for those. Huge head. Uh, in, in comp- do you compared- think if, if he wasn't so wiry, it would look more in uh, proportion, or he, so. he's just got a massive head? No, he, his body's made out of pipe cleaners. Uh, but his head, oh, it's like Mount Rushmore up there. Huge head, but it's not as big as my brother-in-law Rod's head. He's got he's he's, he's and, and as, as he gets older, Rod, he's getting Mick Jagger's body, but his head is refusing. It's like a hot air balloon. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the only time uh, that I've ever seen anyone share a hat with Rod, this is Rod doesn't hear it. Harry does. Harry, you know your old man's got a big head. That's his his uh, his son who uh, is, is listens. Anyway, he's really top DJ at the moment, so he's not earning a tanner. <laughs> Sorry, old Harry. Oh. Like the rest of us. Anyway, he, uh, uh, I was in a, a green room once and Lionel Richie was there. Lionel Richie's head. Oh, just honestly, huge. And, uh, and I, I said to uh, I said to Rod, I said, it's the only... <laughs> I've got so much to read out, but anyway. Um, I said, I think he's got a bigger head than you. And, uh, and he said, I said, do you think so, team? Because everyone team, Rod. I said, he is. Lionel Richie, without a doubt. And uh, eventually we was in the orbit of Mr. Richie. And I said... Uh, 
Lionel, uh, could I see how your hat looks on him? I didn't say because I wanted to test how big your heads are. And um, and Lionel said, my hat? And he said, don't you a baseball cap? And tell the truth, Rod didn't have to adjust the Velcro. It went on perfectly, so it was a draw. But those are definitely one of the great head showdowns that I've ever been involved in. Unless anyone wants to tell no, us. Only the other week, my husband's not got a small head, but he, he has a top hat that he bought for a fancy dress thing. Hmm. And I borrowed it for another fancy dress thing, and it wobbled around on the top of my head. No. I, I honestly have a massive head. It's, I didn't, it's I've never noticed that about you. If I say so myself. I've, I've never mm. noticed that about you. See, if you've got a little hat on a big head, uh, it's very amusing. What was the name of Jodie Marsh? Remember Jodie Marsh? Uh, she was the uh, oh, yeah. only ri- true rival that Jordan had for a while in the terms of, you know, mm. uh, a thrusting model type. Uh, and she used to wear them little tiny top hats on the side of her head intentionally. Oh, little, yes. She used to wear little hats. In a headband. Before Fascinators, uh, we start the show any second there, everyone. Uh, before Fascinators, it, it was a fashion amongst the women in the 90s to wear little tiny hats. Uh, and and mm. my mum always used to say, what do you want to wear a hat like that for? Looks like a pimple on a duck's ass. It was always a pimple on a duck's ass. Um, oh! Yeah, that's a my nan's, yeah. much more politely, was pimple on a rock bun. On a rock bun. Well, I, I, I see oh, ducks. Oh, looks like a being... pimple on a rock bun. No, I, I see ducks' asses being having the advantage there. This is. A, I do apologise. This is from our um, a good friend Graham, and this was a, a top jobs your um, uh, grandparents did, perhaps. And this is a, an extraordinary story. This maybe the justifies today's show. Uh, and they're going to get better, everyone. I know you're all saying it sounds a bit funny. They're going to get better. Give us a break. Rather we didn't turn up again. Don't answer that. Okay, here we go. During the Second World War, says Graham, my grandfather was classed as an essential worker because he was in the building trade. And that's topical. People are talking about this. Anyway, during the Second World War, my grandfather was classed as an essential worker as he was in the building trade and therefore not called up to the regular army. But like thousands of men who stayed at home, he did enlist in the Home Guard on the outskirts of Glasgow. This was perfect for him as his patrol area included a golf course called Bonnyton where he could play moonlight golf with his friends while on duty. (laughs) This went on for a couple of years without any action at all, not even a sniff of a spy or a dropped Nazi pamphlet. Then, 10th of May, 1941, a normal patrolling night on Bonneton Golf Course until they heard the noise of a plane and spotted a parachute floating down from the sky. The distressed pilot was none other than Rudolf Hess, Hitler's number two who was embarked on a secret mission to meet the Duke of Hamilton to try to stop the war. This is true. It's a very famous story. It's what happened. Uh, The Home Guard were on him in a flash, and Hess eventually spent the next 46 years in prison as one of the architects of the Nazi regime. My grandfather, well, that was his night off, and nothing else happened in all the remaining four years, and even his golf handicap did not improve. It all remained a bit of a bore. Thank you very much, indeed, Graham. I thought, wow, his granddad arrested Hess. No, no, his granddad was in the duck and feathers and (laughs) having a soothing half. That is a tremendous tale. Something from over there, Peps. Well, this is from Colin in Dorking, and it could not be more apposite for for today's show. Go on. This is When Bottles Attack. Your recent story about the lads who bought some bottles of Nuki Brown and their efforts to access the sweet, sweet booze reminded me of the following. Let me take you back to the early 70s. 
One year, me, mum, dad, sister, me, were invited to Uncle Frank and Auntie Gwenda's for Christmas lunch. Now, Frank and Gwenda were well-heeled and she was a great cook, so there was much hand-rubbing in anticipation of a bang-up feed. We got there for pre-lunch drinks and were invited to progress through to a groaning broad at board. (laughs) And groaning it was. A turkey, beef, lamb, stuffing, sauces, steaming dishes of vegetables, you name it. We sat down, Gwenda commenced the carving, and Frank, who was a wine buff and a fan of gadgets, put aside his pipe and said, Have you seen these fellas advertised on the telly? Quite the thing. What he was at brandishing was something like the Ronco Vacuum Cork Extractor. <laughs> I had no idea we were going here. Go on. I don't know if you recall these, but they were all the rage for about six months. Basically, they looked like a small bicycle pump with a hypodermic needle attached. Yes, they did. <laughs> and they marketed it along the lines of fed up with a half-extracted broken cork, sick to your back teeth with tied wrist corkscrew misery. Try this space-age alternative. The idea being you push the needle through the cork with a couple of brisk pumps, the air pressure gently forced the cork out. Bingo. Except... There must have been a flaw in the bottle because as Frank set about it, there was a mighty explosion and we were showered in Cote de Rhone and every single item on the groaning table was covered with shards of glass. (laughs) The whole lot went in the bin and as I recall, Christmas lunch was tinned corned beef, boiled potatoes and peas. Oh, now we're going to get tinned corned beef. That'll do you more than the, uh, uh, the, the, the dangers from the shards there because the other thing they sold Ronco, of course, amongst many Ronco products, um, was the uh, Ronco bottle chopper. And that was advertised for a long time in the 1970s and perhaps early 80s, where you could take an ordinary empty wine bottle that you've extracted by the steam-powered Ronco corkscrew, and uh, you could cut the bottom off it and use it as a tumbler. Uh, and honestly, <laughs> perhaps I'm not making this up. Cut your no, masterpiece, Steve. Well, that, that, there was that. You did have. You took one sip and had a smile like the Joker. Uh, you, <laughs> you, but you'd get any wine bottle and you could cut off the bottom two thirds or third, and the, the Ronco bottle chopper. Not available in shops. Pounds, pounds, pounds well, this... saved. Uh, but I know a few people who bought those. By the way, since we last met, uh, I've gone viral. Now, oh, uh, I know that's not... The funny thing is, that phrase, promise you, uh, young people say, <laughs> but it's virus, it's not a viral radio, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there's a correlation between the two words. Anyway, but uh, Nancy, who's uh, quarantined with us, uh, Sonny and uh, Bonnie are in their own houses. In fact, Bonnie's a school teacher. She, she's going to work every day. But uh, So Nancy's twiddling her thumbs rather than normally, <laughs> as she normally would do. Uh, anyway, so uh, she came in the other day and she'd learned some... Oh, she had some trick her mate had told her. And it's a, a simple thing whereby you get someone to say a word and at the end of it, it sounds... Anyway, it, she came in the office and I was sitting there and she put her phone down and said, I'm filming this. Okay, go on. And she said, um, she drew something. She said, what's that, Dad? I said, a butterfly. And she said, what's that on there? I said, it's an antenna. And she said, what's that? I said, a wing. Uh, and she went, okay, uh, what is, uh, what keeps saying that word then? I said, wing, wing. She went faster. I said, wing, wing, wing. And by then she'd folded some paper up and put it on my thumbs. You have to see it. And answered <laughs> it like a phone, right? And she went, hello. Ah. And that was <laughs> right. So we did that. 
and all, all the time she's doing it, I was doing, you know, that dog face I do, that great big wide smile like I learned from Donald Duck at the beginning. That's it, you're doing on the little telly we've got in front of us. <laughs> a big wide smile like Donald Duck when he introduces a film. Uh, Wendy hates that. Don't do your dog face in every photo. So I did that while she's doing this, thinking, you know, she'll show her mum in a minute and she'll say, he's doing the dog face. Well, she didn't. She put it on something called TikTok. Right? Oh, t- oh, very, very trendy. Last time we checked it, 177,000 hits on it. No. Comments saying, you know, uh, 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 just for the advert, let me do this. Let me just tell you this. Um, all the, because uh, they're from around the world, all these followers, everyone. Mm. This is the whole point of this story. They don't know who I am. Uh, probably, probably, thank God. Uh, but they all think that dog face I'm doing is because I'm some <laughs> simple old man who's baffled by modern technology. And they keep, all the comments are like, oh, bless, look at his face. Oh, he's wonderful. <gasps> oh, you should do more with him. Oh, look how he's enjoying it. <laughs> I think I'm some hazy just sitting there. <laughs> it all says he should have his own telly show. <laughs> I promise you on TikTok, Mency Vega, and all the comments under it are, oh, look, oh, sweet, oh, he's so... (laughs) I think I'm just hanging on to the pathetic remnants of my teeth and hair while I'm being amused by my grandchildren. (laughs) I do look imbecilic, but... (laughs) The pity that so, Wendy was right then. Don't pull that face. He's teenage TikTokers. Anyway, here's an advert. We'll be right back. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him by... Uh, uh, This is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out when he discovers that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. Okay. (laughs) Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. And we're back. Uh, yes, there's this, you know, uh, simple grandpa and his side. Oh, I know. But honestly, go on TikTok, man. It's his thing. And it's very funny. It's very well. But what I was playing as, you know, uh, playing along with amusement. No, they saw me as just uh, go downstairs and keep granddad company for five minutes. For you. <laughs> his little study. Oh, sharing me with, oh, bless. <laughs> Anyway, we've got to follow it up now because we've got a big hit on TikTok. I'm, hey, everyone, I'm a big hit on TikTok. Don't look at me like that. What you got there, Peps? Um, this is from Stephen from Wakefield. This is um, our, our old topic of the poshest thing I've ever seen. Uh-huh. When football was still happening, oh. uh-huh. I witnessed a splendid posh event at the grounds of Huddersfield Town, the John Smith Stadium. It's a friendly ground with a good local West Yorkshire support and the club prides itself in the brand of working class club. Mm-hmm. As a season card holder, the usual ritual get to the ground about 2.30 enough time for Bovril a pie pre-match chat pre-match build up and the announcements Mm -hmm. in the queue on this particular day were two very well heeled ladies middle aged immaculately attired in country casuals including obligatory wax jackets knee high boots and a jaunty fedora and a Burberry scarf 
These are not your typical Huddersfield town fans. Mm. I started to eavesdrop. It transpired they were thrilled to tick something off their bucket list by going to watch a football match. What larks? They approached the service counter and asked for two house white wines. <laughs> to my amazement, the young lad serving went off behind the shelves and came oh. back with them. Sorry, they're not chilled like. Oh, that's okay. £4.50, please. Oh, that's reasonable. Can we order them for the interval as well? Bravo. <laughs> now, if anyone thinks that's too strong, I'm going to have to tell, of course, when I took um, uh, what I call a Lady Kane. She really was a lady. When I used to work at a rebel shop, I moved in very rarefied circles. We were in Mayfair, the shop. Uh, you may know all this, of course. And uh, some of our customers were the biggest pop stars in the world and uh, mm-hmm. others were part of the, uh, you know, the aristocracy as well as, you know, the hoi polloi. Uh, and I was, what they might call a bit of rough. Some of these posh gals, they thought, oh, like him, like his voice. And I'm, I've got to tell you, a good-looking young kid, and I exploited that. And I went at one woman who was called Lady Kay. And uh, uh, just a little Kay, that'll do. She's probably now third in line to the throne. I don't know. And uh, I took her down Millwall. She said she'd love to come down Millwall. And uh, at the half-time at the old den, uh, the only place you could get anything to eat was a lean-to built behind the main stand. And it was just a, a stall, you know, but it was a lean-to stall. Uh, and like uh, Larry who run it or whatever it was, uh, there'd be a queue. And when you got there, there'd only be, you know, cheese rolls, ham rolls, sausage rolls and tea or coffee. And that was it. And he'd stand there with his tea towel in his waist, leaning over as people went through. And we shuffled up the line. Uh, and I'm saying, they, they haven't got, a, they don't have a lot of, you know, sort of good posh food. I'm only about 16. Oh, that doesn't matter. I don't, I mean, so we got there and she looked and she saw the few cheese rolls that were left. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going, yes, love, what do you want? And she looked around and there was one sausage roll and all of this. And she she turned to me and I promise she went, um, Danny, is there another restaurant in the stadium? She called it a restaurant. <laughs> I don't think there's another restaurant in South East London, to be fair. Okay? <laughs> she is there another restaurant in the stadium? So I can totally believe that. Here, here's some fun uh, mm. before we finish. Uh, and we're going to keep this going at least twice a week. You're not getting off the hook, everyone out there. Uh, I said before we came on, didn't I? I said, if this works, we should do it every day. You never heard such a groan from those. <laughs> I said, you know, we've got the content. People are doing nothing. You know, here we go. So um, this is... Uh, uh, I saw this when I was looking for stuff and reviewing corkscrews. Mm. Uh, a, a very good friend of mine who was in, in his lifetime was treated very badly once he became famous, Jeremy Beadle. Jeremy Beadle, who oh, put, yes. originally put on the Grateful yeah. Dead in this country, if you don't mind, and still has got Jerry Garcia's trousers. He told me this. Uh, and Captain Beefheart. He brought Captain Beefheart over. Anyway, uh, but Beadle was the font of what, you know, QI wouldn't exist without Beadle. He was the absolute font of finding out extraordinary information. And uh, uh, his house used to have a library in the basement, a proper big library in the basement, full of unusual books, full of unusual things. Mm. Uh, he's a great man, Beetle. And uh, anyway, uh, I was listening to an old book, and I an American book, and it just said, Jeremy Beadle's top 10 most fascinating questions. And I remember, oh, and this is some. Now, you, you, you know, you're smart as a whip, obviously, Peps, so you're not going to fall for the traps. But how about these, everyone? And if we do nothing else on these shows, and, and that's not such a stretch, if we do nothing else on these shows, uh, you'll hear this. So, this is a straight question, Peps. I'll, I'll okay. give you five of them. How long does morning last on the moon? How long does morning last on the moon? I don't expect you to answer it, but the answer is 
a week. <laughs> then, oh. mornings on the moon. Oh, this show. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> None of your restrictions on that. None of your tape running out. Just keep rolling. A morning lasts a week. Okay. In Romeo and Juliet, where does Juliet stand and say, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Where is she? On the balcony? Nope. All of the play states is she's at an upper window. There is no mention oh. of a balcony. This is why Beadle was brilliant. And this is, this is, this is 25 years old, uh, the, these questions. If you wanted to eat in the Eiffel Tower's own restaurant, where would you go? The Eiffel Tower's own restaurant, where would you go? Answer, Up the Eiffel Tower? Louisiana. It was dismantled from the Eiffel Tower in 1981 and shipped to Louisiana. Beadle, everyone. That's off to you, Jeremy, wherever you are. How many people live on the surface of the Earth? None. Astronomers dis- define the surface of the Earth as the outer edge of atmosphere, approximately oh. 100 feet above our heads. Isn't that something? And the last one, how... I'm going, this is for a million pound, Peps. Louise Pepper, Louise Napoleon Pepper. This is for one million pounds. And join it at home. How many Queen Elizabeths have there been? Well, I feel like I'm on QI, and when I say two, that behind me, my cupboard is going to go. <laughs> so, how many Queen Elizabeths have there been? Well, I'm going to say two, but no, I'm not. Wham, wham. See, everyone thinks QI now. I've been doing this racket longer than QI. <laughs> Don't ask me back anymore, because I argue a lot on the programme. But, uh, uh, there, no, there's been five. Five Queen Elizabeths. Edward IV's consort, Henry VII's consort, Queen Elizabeth I, George VI's consort. Queen Mother! Our Queen. Uh, so, the Queen uh, Mother uh, was Elizabeth, wasn't she? Absolutely. Well, she did, but she was So there it is. Uh, you, um, uh, there are actually have been five. That was just a little diversion. Something else, perhaps, Pets. What you got? This is a... Oh, that one's very, very long. We'll save that for the next one. So I'll throw this in there. Sorry, I just picked up. This is Steve from Bolton, if you don't mind, Pets. Mm. Steve from Bolton. Joke's becoming real. I don't remember doing this as a subject, but joke's becoming real. My dad was a big fan, getting me and my sister to help him with odd jobs in the garden. He called our life-enhancing skills what we later realised was just slave labour. Anyway, (laughs) in a nod to the great Laurel and Hardy, while carrying a plank of wood over my shoulder, my dad called to me. I duly turned around and, in so doing, clocked my sister on the side of the head with the part of the plank that was behind me, sending her into a pirouette and a somersault. And that same weekend, in homage to the great Sideshow Bob, my sister also stood on a rake in the garden and gave herself a black eye twice. (laughs) If that don't cheer us up, I don't know what. what. Uh, Give us something there, Peps. Well, this is just from Kirsten. This is the odd reasons to dislike a song. So my song is Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. An innocuous tune, perhaps, but take me back to, let me take you back to 17-year-old me in baggy jeans and a middle parting. The week that song became number one in the charts, I split up with my boyfriend. I wasn't that bothered. He was into metal. I was an indie kid. It wasn't going to work. But then followed my driest spell ever. I didn't pull again until that song was out of the charts. And remember, it was number one for 16 weeks, fact fans. It became a thing with my friends where they'd say, there's no point you coming out, Brian's still around. <laughs> well, uh, when I, on the football shows, I've once said, have you ever made rash 
supernatural promises for your team to do any good. And a fellow got in touch. Uh, another, remind me another time when things are slow. So remind me now. Anyway, no. Uh, uh, and uh, he went to Old Mother Shipton's well, which is in Yorkshire. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can toss in a coin there and, and ask Old Mother Shipton's spirit for to help. And he wanted uh, Bradford, I think it was, to make the um, playoffs. And he said, if this happens, I I will offer my chastity. I will not have sex again. That's what he said. And he was doing okay. He said, I was doing, I was doing fine. It's with some boast. Well, after that, Bradford kept winning and winning and winning. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. And he'd be talking to some fabulous woman in the pub that night and thinking, I've got no ammunition here. I'm going to have to bail out. And apparently it went on for about seven months. But uh, there's another time. I think we're virtually done in what we can still call an experiment. Uh, but uh, this one should reach you uh, on the Wednesday and we'll be back again on the Saturday. Just play the game once more with me, Peps. Tell me oh, when lovely. to stop. Yes, I'm running my finger along the okay. back from behind uh, Just tell me when to stop. 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 Yeah. Up. Oh, uh, go up. Go on. Up. Stop. Yep. Left. Fire. You have selected... You have selected Susie and the Banshees, the Scream album. Oh, okay. You can have it, actually. Never my favourites, them. Anyway, uh, we are, uh, as I say, we're with you again. I think if you can bear with any technical uh, glitches and hitches we have, because it'll only get stronger. That's Louise Pepper sitting in a cupboard in her home, and here (laughs) I am in the great record room. I'll let you know when you can get in touch and we can uh, we will be able to play the LP game and let's say the next six months should just fly by but thank you uh, of course to Louise to Phil Walding and Josh on behalf of the bloodsuckers at something else but as always chiefly yourselves I'll see you Saturday everyone Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.